This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's hour two of Sportsnet today. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Logan Gordon along with you. Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Your home of the Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Game day against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Following an outstanding victory for the Calgary Flames Saturday afternoon as part of Hockey Day in Canada. 6-3 over Tampa Bay. Now 1-1 one one on the homestand. Two games left to go. They got tonight against Columbus. Thursday against the Chicago Blackhawks. And then a Friday night matchup with Chicago before the Flames or against Seattle, excuse me before the Flames are off for the All-Star break. Lots of chat about uh, the opponent tonight, the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're entering action, uh, currently last in the league in points, eighth in the Metropolitan Division. They've got a 14-30-2 record. It's an interesting year for them. They dealt with a lot of injuries, 3-7 uh, and seven in their last 10, but they do have a victory earlier this season over the Calgary Flames back on December 9th in Columbus uh, to help us chat uh, about the Columbus Blue Jackets this season. Very excited to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcome in former NHLer and now uh, broadcaster for Fox Sports Ohio. Uh, Jody Shelley joins us on the line this afternoon. Jody, thanks for doing this today, man. How are you? I'm great. My pleasure, man. Nice to be back in Calgary. Yes, uh, very glad to have you back and thanks for taking some time for us this afternoon. Uh, does it have a big game feel for the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight? What's the uh, buzz like from your point of view heading into this one against Calgary? You know what? It does. Uh, I remember as a player, you know, the, the season can get long, right? I mean, you play 82 games, it's a grind. But any game that's got a little juice like this with Johnny coming back to Calgary, uh, you know, it just brings the energy level up, the focus. The Blue Jackets will want to be, you know, putting on their best foot, all of them for uh, – for Johnny here tonight in Calgary. So it does have a big game focus. I mean, the media attention today at the Saddle Dome, you know, it's just off the charts. We don't get to see this in Columbus uh, very often. So, you know, I actually saw Jack Rosovic, one of his teammates, attending the press conference when Johnny was speaking just to kind (laughs) of marvel at it. And and he had a big smile on his face. And so they know what he's going through. They feel it. So they're going to bring what the, the best they have here tonight. Well, how did you like the uh, the response from his teammates at Morning Skate, giving him uh, the business and the booze every time he touched the puck? How'd you like that? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, because you know it shows their awareness of what's going on. They they understand that Johnny's nervous, excited. You know, he's got the emotions of being sad, maybe letting down the fan base, but at the same time excited about being with his new team. And yeah, I love that. I mean, that's why you know, as a former player, you miss those those uh, those moments in the locker room or on the ice where you can kind of you know, jab each other and, and, and pick at, at, at some things that are bothering each other. And, and it was great to see that uh, at the Saddle Dome this morning. It was, uh, I thought that was spectacular. 
You played a long time in the league, Jody. Has any have you ever been part of a night like tonight, a, a big comeback night over your years, where either yourself or another teammate was going through something similar to Johnny? You know what? I remember I was in Columbus for seven years, and I got traded, and you know I was heartbroken to be traded from Columbus to San Jose. Uh, and once I got to San Jose, it was the best thing that could have happened for me. But I remember when I went back to Columbus, and you know there was. Um, there was an admiration I had for the fans and, and they were so great to me. And it was, it was an emotional night. I mean, I almost, you know, I almost broke down with the, you know, the reception I had and, and, and just the feeling of being back. And that, that was completely opposite of what's going to go on tonight, I think. And, and, you know, I've been with players that have gone back to situations where they've been booed, but nothing like this. I mean, nothing this of this magnitude where you have, you know, the best player on the team choose to go elsewhere um, I've seen Rick Nash come back to Columbus, and I was shocked at the booze he got after his trade re- request to the New York Rangers, and, and I, I was already retired at that point. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where I've seen it, I've been a part of it, um, and, but it's, it's always the same, and it's always the same. But never a, 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 a player coming back to Canada in a market this passionate uh, that shows a market that's kind of uh, under the radar, if you will, uh, I've never seen that on this magnitude, but I've seen it on some levels, and it always has the same feel. How would you um, assess what you've heard from Johnny the last little while? Because I know he's going back to even before the weekend. I know NHL.com caught up with him from a story about it, and he really seems to be taking it in stride. And I, I like the level of understanding from him of, hey, like just like you said, Jody, it's a passionate fan base, and he'd be surprised if there wasn't booze. How have you sort of seen from what have you sort of seen from him over the last couple of days leading up to this? You know what? I'm impressed with Johnny Goodrow. You know, a lot of people say, you know, he's not going to say much or, you know, he, he, he's a quiet guy and he is, but he's very thoughtful and he's very revealing with how he says things and what he says. So, you know, I, I think he's been spot on with his comments because he gives you that little bit of exactly how he's feeling that, that uh, human part of it, that element that, you know, can be easily hidden up in a, in a press conference or buttoned up in a press conference. I like the way he's handled it because he's been upfront and honest with how he feels. And, and you know, he's got deep relationships here in, uh, in Calgary. I mean, at one point he said, uh, you know, for the coach of the, op- of, uh, of the flames, he, he said he caught up with some old friends last night, not teammates. So he said, <laughs> I, so Sutter understands that. And, you know, there, there's a, he understands what's going on. And I think that's what we all want as fans uh, is to see, like, let us know how you're feeling. And I think he's done a good job of that, of being just honest with, you know, it's going to be emotional. It's, it, it's hard. It was hard to leave. Uh, you know, the, all those things that he's talked about, I've been impressed with how he's handled it. And, and I think he's, he's well aware that it's going to be a hostile, maybe one of the most hostile environments he's ever seen personally. Uh, and I know Brad Larson said he's not here by himself. He's here with the team. But, no, this is for Johnny Goodrow tonight. And, and he expects it, and, and he understands what the fan base uh, how passionate they are and how they feel. So I love his comments all week, actually all month, uh, that he, that this game's been circled. How would you uh, assess what you've seen on the ice from Johnny Gaudreau in just over half a season with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Jody? You know, he, he's been as advertised. You know, he, he doesn't have the support he, he's had. Uh, of course, last year with Lindholm and Kachuk and, and that line that's developed over the past, uh, those previous two seasons. Uh, he's a player that needs complementary pieces around him. Uh, but there's moments where you see how great he is. I mean, he's so small. Uh, 
which you all you love, and you're amazed at how he can escape and, and set plays up and slow the play down and speed it up. But he's had a tough time getting to his areas because he is the focus of the opposition. You know, they're smothering. We see the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, there's when we play them, it's it's a smother effect on, on Johnny Goodrow, and, and there's no pieces to distract uh, away from him so far. So individually, you know, he's been as advertised. I know there's probably a little level of frustration with him or – you know, you look at last year, his best year of his career to this year. Now it's probably, you know, it's dipped significantly. So, but, but it's as advertised, I think he's got a, he's got a major upside, but it, it takes a team around him. And I think he's that kind of player. As for the team perspective, obviously the results aren't where the, the Blue Jackets were hoping they'd be. Do you have a good feel on, on what's sort of bothered this team so much this year, Jody? I know, obviously, whenever you're talking about, you know, being in the race for Connor Bedard or last place in the NHL, things haven't gone uh, swimmingly. But can you put your finger on what's been so difficult for this group this year? Yeah, consistency. Consistency and health, you know, that provides that, you know, you can talk about teams in depth and, and we'll do that more as this trade deadline comes up and you, you see the, the real players as it goes for the Stanley Cup is, you know, there's teams looking to tweak and add that one piece that slots players in the right place and you know, you've got Kent Johnson, who's played up and down the lineup. He's 19 years old. and In his first year in the National Hockey League, he's played center. He's played wing. He's played with Goodrow. He's played all over the all over the map. So it's really the combination of, you know, putting young players in situations they're probably not ready for uh, due to injury uh, and consistency with players in the lineup. You know, Liney's been out three times this season. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, their starting goalie, is, is and has really had a tough start to the year. And, you guys know here better than anyone, the goaltending is, you know, it's, it's a key factor every night. And then Zach Wierenski out of the lineup. Uh, that's a big one for us. I mean, especially for Johnny Goodrow too, if you think about the offense, you know, he had those pieces on the back end that would help him, you know, not only get the puck, but he could dish it off to some of those pieces and they would put the puck in the net. So that's where you collect points and, and gain some rhythm. So uh, if I was going to say, if I was going to pick one word, it would be, there's been no rhythm to this season, and it's due to the ins and out of, of the lineup and the consistency in, in a night-to-night effort. Uh, another guy making the return to Calgary tonight, not nearly the same fanfare or time in Calgary, but Eric Branson also signed with Columbus in the offseason. I was super impressed with Eric last year here in Calgary. Jody, he was just a, a consummate professional. He plays the game the right way. He's willing to sacrifice, and I was so happy to see a team commit to, to four years of Eric Branson because I think not only are you getting a good hockey player, but you're getting a great person in your locker room. Uh, what would you uh, think of when you think of Eric Branson's start in Columbus? Yeah, you know, he's brought what he's supposed to bring to the lineup, and that's, you know, that presence on the back end in front of the net, uh, the, the stick-up for your teammates, but also, you know, another man in the locker room. And, you know, there's some young pieces here that need that established veteran. And he's one of the guys on the team that's played the most games in the national hockey league, you know, and, and I think that's his importance, those intangibles with, within the locker room. I think he's still, you know, I think he's starting to find his way there. I remember going to new teams, which he's done many times. And you kind of spend the first couple months figuring out where you fit in and how things work. And I think he's starting to figure out that he's got to impact it more, like, like try to steer this in the right direction, especially through these tough times. So on the ice, you know, he, he He's he's not as limp like last year. He had a very specific role on, on, in this in this organization in Calgary with what he had to do, and it was a very simplified game. And I think on the ice, you see, you know, and it's human nature for a guy like this to try to do too much. 
and that's when he gets in trouble. And I think a player like him um, trying to be trying to keep things simple, that's what he's there to do. So I think, you know, he's getting more minutes now that with this team in Columbus than he probably will get when they're having success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that'll be a better thing for him. But he's been as advertised with those intangibles in the locker room. I uh, would love to get your thoughts, Joni, on a guy like Boone Jenner and, and just his overall importance to what the Blue Jackets want to build and what they want to become as a team with him leading them. I could I could talk to you all afternoon about Boone Jenner. <laughs> he's, he's that type of player. I mean, he's been in the organization for 10 years. Uh, you know, he'll make mistakes, but they're not due to lack of effort. And if you're a coach or a fan, that's all you want. And, and uh, you know, he's the pulse of the team. And he was out for... 14 games, and I think they won two in that span, and it wasn't a, wasn't a it wasn't a coincidence. I mean, he's he's the he's the you know the guy that they look to for effort, how to act, uh, what it's about here in Columbus. Uh, you watch him play; he drives it, and uh, Johnny Goodrow likes having him on his line, and uh, it gets mixed up from time to time. But it's because he can open holes and is always in the face and, and does the dirty work. So. He's a captain, and everyone asks about him for good reason. I think there's 31 other teams that would love to have Boone Jenner. I always love asking you guys that cover other teams when they're coming to Calgary. If you could, give uh, our listeners and Calgary fans a guy that is maybe a little bit under the radar in Columbus that they should watch out for tonight, a guy that you've been really impressed with this season that maybe doesn't get the fanfare of some of the guys that we've talked about. You know what? There's a young defenseman in this organization, Tim Burney. He's actually paired. Uh, with Good Branson, he's a young player out of Switzerland. Uh, he, he's a, an intelligent player, a good skater, and just a smart player out there. Very, very under the radar. But Tim Burney is one of those players that I mean, you probably look at the entire roster and, and not pick him out. Uh, he's the guy in the back end that's definitely uh, got a bright future. And the other guy is Marchenko. Uh, Marchenko's a young player out of Russia, first year in uh, North America. He's got nine goals, no assists. He had a hat trick against Carolina a few games ago. I think it was eight games ago now. But he's a guy in the offensive zone. If he's got a little bit of time and space, uh, he can put the puck in the net. So those are two young players at tonight if you're watching. Uh, try to key in on those guys for a couple of shifts because they're impressive young talents. Uh, and before we let you go, I've had plenty of people ask us this on our text line. They're always excited when uh... – Guys like yourself, come on and, and give us uh, your insight because you spent so many years in the league. You were one of the toughest guys uh, ever. And we've had a couple people ask, so I, I thought I'd pass it along to you, Jody. Toughest Calgary Flame you ever fought against in your time. If I went through it correctly, I've got Goddard on here. I've got McCarty on here, Prust, and even Blue Jackets head coach Craig Berube. Who's at the top of the Jody <laughs> Shelley Flames fighting list? Uh those are all give me different different kinds of heartburn, every one of those guys. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I had Chief uh, Craig Berube. I fought him at the end of his career, and that was just a punch-in-the-face contest. He doesn't hold back. But I would have to say Goddard. Yeah. You know, he was tough. And, and he was a guy that just showed up and was he just seemed fearless, and those are the guys you hate. I mean, he was, he was a handful every time I fought him. So I'm, I'm going to go with Goddard. Appreciate that. Thanks, Jody. Thanks so much for the time today. Really do appreciate you're always so good with us uh, coming on here in Calgary. Uh, best of luck tonight. Enjoy the rest of the game, and we'll uh, chat with you sometime soon. Hey, hey, my pleasure, man. Love being back here, and uh, thanks for having me on. I Anytime. Thanks, Jody. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Yep. Jody Shelley, former NHLer, now covering the Columbus Blue Jackets for Fox Sports Ohio, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar and guest hotline. Longtime former NHLer, started his career with the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
time in San Jose, New York, and Philadelphia. And uh, as Jody says, one of the toughest guys ever. And if I was going through it right, uh, four fights against Flames in his career there. I mentioned Goddard. He fought Darren McCarty, fought Brandon Prest. And yeah, Craig Berube, who was a tough customer in his day. Uh, also uh, an opponent of Jody Shelley's there, but he's got a long list. And as somebody had texted in at 960-960, didn't Jody Shelley fight Probert in consecutive periods? Yeah, it was four straight fights uh, for Jody Shelley uh, against the the late, great Bob Probert. So uh, Jody was as tough as they come. He's doing a great job uh, covering the Columbus Blue Jackets now, the team that he used to to play for, excuse me, uh, for Fox Sports Ohio. So you can find him. On Twitter, he's at ShellyHawk45, and he'll be part of the Columbus Blue Jackets coverage tonight, and a big one as the uh, Blue Jackets are in town with Johnny Gaudreau and Eric Goodbranson making their returns to Calgary. We've heard a lot from the Columbus side of things. We've heard from Johnny Gaudreau. We've heard from Eric Goodbranson. Uh, how are the Flames feeling ahead of this one? A big win Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and now uh, what should be a rocking atmosphere at the Scotiabank Saddledome for the return of a couple of players. We'll hear from head coach Daryl Sutter, Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund talking about tonight's matchup. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, we got the Flames and the Blue Jackets tonight. Game three of four on this homestand for the Flames. Started with a loss to Colorado, a win against Tampa Bay, an impressive win against Tampa Bay. Saturday afternoon as part of Hockey Day in Canada. Two days off after tonight, and then a back-to-back here against Chicago, and then into Seattle on Friday, and then the Flames are off for the All-Star break. Lots of talk, of course, about Johnny Goudreau. That's going to be the main focus for a lot of today, and understandably so. But, you know, do want to talk about the game tonight as well. This is an important one for the Flames, who dropped a decision against the Blue Jackets back in December. 3-1 the final in that matchup. You know, from a points perspective, as you can't let this be all about Johnny and the the return of that. You have to, if you're the Calgary Flames, walk away with two points tonight. It's the last team in the NHL coming into tonight. They have they are so injured, the Blue Jackets. Which, again, uh, people who listen to the program on a regular basis will know. We've had that conversation before, whether it's against St. Louis. Remember Colorado coming in. It doesn't always mean anything for the Calgary Flames, but you have to take advantage uh, of this kind of matchup tonight. The Blue Jackets have 30 points on the year. They have a minus 61 goals differential. That's not good. Their goaltending has been a massive problem this season. We just heard from Jody Shelley, former NHLer, former Blue Jacket, uh, who now covers the team on a regular basis, tell us that this team is is wildly inconsistent at the best of times. They've got a very young blue line. Erica Branson, the former Flame, sort of leading the charge there because Zach Rowenski is out, Jake Bean is out. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. For the Calgary Flames, you need to pick up Two points tonight. Let the fans and us in the media, 
you know, go through the, the ups and downs and the memories of Johnny and all that. Flames need two points tonight. Probably need another two Thursday against Chicago. You've dropped a game to them already this month. Make this a really successful homestand and find a way to finish 3-1. and one. That's got to be the main objective for the Calgary Flames tonight. As far as the lineup goes, expecting the same lineup that the Flames trotted out Saturday afternoon against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That includes goaltender Dan Vladar. He is your starter for tonight's matchup uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I thought he was great against Tampa Bay. Wasn't asked to make a number of 10-bell exciting highlight reel saves, but just solid, good play from Dan, saves when you needed it. And, yeah, I have no problem with the Calgary Flames riding whichever goaltender is hottest. And right now it's Dan Vladar, 8-0-2 in his last 10 starts, hasn't lost in regulation in those 10. Good chance to go to him tonight and uh, look to pick up two points against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We've heard from Johnny Gaudreau. We've heard from Eric Goodbranson and others. Lots on that side of things for the Johnny Gaudreau return, but how are some members of the Calgary Flames uh, looking forward to tonight, including Johnny's former coach, uh, Daryl Sutter. We'll also hear from Elias Lindholm and Michael Backlund, their former teammate back in town tonight. But we'll start with the head coach. Uh, Daryl Sutter spoke to the media following morning skate today. Lots on the return of Johnny Gaudreau and more with the coach from earlier today. Daryl, Johnny Gaudreau was obviously a, a, an important part of this franchise for a long time. Yeah. What are you hoping to hear from the fans for him tonight? Oh, I'm sure he'll be very well received. I mean, young man had a, you know, you think, well, he had quite a career here. And I think, uh, you know, he had a career, career year last year. I mean, you look at numbers, you know, he's a guy that uh, probably, what, just num- goals, assists, points. Uh, plus minus shots on goal last year were all elite and, and I think there were career numbers for him so yeah he'll be well received I mean it was I was disappointed to lose Johnny I mean I enjoyed coaching him enjoyed seeing his progression as a last year what do you appreciate most about him either as a player or as a person uh, well there's three things really important right good person good player, good teammate. And, you know, he checked the boxes really good. I think that, uh, I think just, you know, if it just, because I only coached him for that year and what, 30 games or whatever it was. So I think what's important there is, is for me was what I appreciated most of just seeing the progress that he made right, as a complete player. And be able to, to say that and do that and still hit those offensive numbers. What's it like for you to see that progression in his game and kind of see it culminate in that Game 7 OT winner against Dallas? Yeah, I think, I mean, that, that's probably a good way of saying it, culmination. I mean, but he did that a lot. I mean, he was, he's a puck possession guy, right? He's a, what do you call it, a, not only a transporter, but he's a guy that did a lot of the, you know, changing tides of games. I know you like to look at things at weeks. You know, when you talk about these three games leading into the All-Star break, what is you know the significance of positioning in these three games heading in? Yeah, you know, it's kind. Of, you got to be careful, Brennan, because you say All-Star break, but it's more like um, this is more like those Olympic years, right? Because of the break, you know, there's teams that are getting what eight to ten days off. So you know, it's a real tough one to 
gauge on what happens after. Like all-star break is usually, what, two or three days? So when you get that eight to ten, you know, you want to, you, know, you just want to finish strong. You want to be playing the right way and doing those things so that you, so you have a good feeling about it. And, and uh, you know, it's pretty much what I've said all along. This is, our division is, is tough. There's five teams that are, that are going to fight for a spot. And you look on the other, and then the other division too, it's, it's tough. And there's, there's, uh, what, probably nine or ten teams now that are, you know, legitimate playoff teams. So you gotta, you gotta be greedy and get your points. What do you want the team to take from Saturday's win? And I think b- just build off it. I mean, we, you know, we've played more. If you, you know, everybody's into that good bad thing, right? We played a lot of really good hockey this year. So you just want to continue on that. I think that that uh, you know, the last game was disjointed because of penalties like somebody asked about a complete game it wasn't a complete game because there was basically a whole period of of uh five on four five and three six on four like if you look at it there's almost 20 minutes of the 60 that were played as as not five on five so uh so you know there's anything you want to take away from it uh obviously our penalty killing did a great job our power play scored a big goal on a retaliation penalty but we probably took too many penalties so you want to cut back on that but i think it was pretty solid we got goals from different lines and different you know a goal from our defensemen again so uh, take that and move on what specifically about the, the penalty kill was so impressive in terms of the zone entries and things like that were, were you able to sort of Stop, stop those and uh, not allow. Well, if you're just talking about last game, Brandon. Yeah, game yeah. I think you know point carries the puck a lot in the zone, right? So that we tried to make sure that he wasn't able to do that, and he still did it. <laughs> but I think if you just look at it, they, they really didn't have any quality shots on their power play, and that was we blocked a lot of shots and we cleared a lot of pucks too. So that's a big part of it, right? You know, it's hard penalty kill. There's fundamental rules, right? Uh, face-offs, block shots, clears, get your changes, things like that. So, and then know, you know, know where the big shots are coming from. So, we know that tonight. Johnny's over there passing and make trying to make plays, and Lanny's over there pounding it. And, and uh, uh, Jenner's got what six or seven power play goals there. It is, and he's good around the net. When we asked you last game if that was the most complete effort of the season, you said no. What would you like to see from your team tonight to get closer to playing a 60-minute effort? That's kind of what I said about the six. The you know you want five and five, right? I mean, that's that's the bottom line. If you could t- you could play 60 minutes, five and five, and there's and really that penalty thing is three or two, right? So you want to be plus on that always. So that's the 60-minute part. And somebody alluded after the game the other night about. Uh, with Jacob Pelche about evaluating Jacob Pelche, well, you could evaluate it because the kid played 420 seconds. So you evaluate him off the stat sheet, right? It's not fair to the kid. So you want to be able to use even that. Even that. Uh, what did Walker play? Maybe seven or eight minutes. Well, you want to be able to use four lines. You're in a schedule where you, you know, you need everybody. You can't be just short suiting and playing a short bench. You need everybody to be able to contribute. And when you bring you know, that would be a complete game when you look at it like that. You like to get them in, in about the 10 minute range, or where, where would be ideal with that in the spread? Uh, with Jacob? Just that line in general. Yeah, I think if you can get even, you know, because usually there's a penalty killer, and, and with him, uh, you know, we want to get him in on the power play, 
So you know, we only, and he's on that second unit, so he only gets one shift, right? So there's only 40 seconds for him there last game, just the way it works. So, yeah, that tended, you're always trying to get into perfect game. You get teen minutes out of everybody when you look at it, right? But that's, you know, when they're, you're playing a team like Tampa where, you know, it's a pretty heavy two-line team. So, you, so again, those kids like that, you do, you're being careful with them. You're not, you know, you make sure they're not all against down closer point. So then that pulls them back again. So it's hard to evaluate that player or those players based on that. There you go. Flames head coach Daryl Sutter speaking to the media following morning skate today. And lots on Johnny Gaudreau there, obviously some really interesting stuff. But I thought it was interesting to hear the coach sort of, I won't use the word backtrack, but maybe clarify a bit of what had people so disappointed Saturday after the win against Tampa Bay and his reaction to uh, being asked about Jacob Pelche's first night in the NHL. And I think that's what people wanted more than anything. And it's one thing that I was, you know, confused about was, you know, just, and I I get it. It's a frustrating spot. I don't think Daryl is the most enamored with the media and having to deal with the questions. I get it. I'm there. I'm at the press conferences. I'll be there tonight. Um, I understand, you know, a lot of what he does is very calculated and the way that he says things is very calculated. But I think a lot of us, myself included, were frustrated by the lack of clarity and the lack of, you know, sort of empathy towards a guy making his first NHL night. And you can tell us all of those things post-game. Everything that he just said about Jacob, about, look, it's, it's hard to get a guy in. It was hard for me to evaluate a guy that only played, you know, six minutes and 30 seconds because of how the flow of the game went. That's that's what we should have heard Saturday. That's the sort of clarity we should have heard, rather than the scripted feeling of grabbing the glasses and reading out Jacob Peltier's stat line as the answer. That's what it should have been Saturday. Was, yeah, look, it's difficult to, to evaluate. We're keeping him away from guys like Point and Stamkos. He only plays on the second power play unit. One of his teammates in Trevor, or line mates, I should say, in Trevor Lewis plays specialty teams. He plays penalty kill. There was a lot of penalty kill. So it was difficult to get out. So that's, to me, that's what frustrated a lot of people was the the why it was so, I don't even want to say cold. It just felt unnecessary. And I, and I can understand after a game, you don't want to answer all these questions. I, I understand. I, it's, a, it's a spot that's not favorable for a lot of people. A lot of people don't love dealing with us in the media. I get it. But I think looking back on it now, and I think hearing Daryl talk a little bit about Jacob today gave you a little bit more clarity as to how he actually feels about it. And no one, I don't think anybody mistook what Daryl was saying to the media as what he said to Jacob. And that's been clarified a couple of times since Saturday. But it's just the outside look and the perception of it that I think bothered a lot of people and played into, you know, this narrative of Daryl and how he handles young players. And do I, do I expect it to change? Do I expect his answer to? No, I don't. I just think a lot of what he said in that, Media availability today 
would have been exactly what we would have wanted to hear Saturday um, after Jacob Pelche's NHL debut. And if it's hard for the coach to evaluate because he only played six minutes and whatever, that's, for me, a better answer than than what we got Saturday. Uh, a couple of Johnny's former teammates, including uh, his former line mate, uh, Elias Lindholm, speaking to the media as well. We'll hear from uh, number 28 uh, right now, his uh, media availability following morning skate and uh, chatting with the media about Johnny's return and looking back on his time with Johnny Gaudreau as his line mate the last couple of years in Calgary. Here's Elias Lindholm from earlier today. What do you expect the reception for Johnny Gaudreau to be here today? Yeah, we'll see. Honestly, you know, he did a lot of good things for for this team, this community, and this city. So, um, but uh, you know, I hope he gets uh, the night that he deserves. What was it like playing with him? I know that's a pretty blanket statement, but he looks like he'd be a guy who'd be a lot of fun to be on the ice with. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, play with him for for a lot of years, and and uh, you know, uh, really fun guy to play with. Um, really skilled, and you know. Made a made a game pretty easy for for myself, so it's uh, no, it was uh, he was great. Nice. In talking to Matthew and John last year, they always credited you as the glue to their line, and they had nothing but high praise and respect for you. I wonder if you, when you look at John, and you look at his creativity. How do you describe just his creativity, and and what would you say about his overall game that you would know that maybe we wouldn't? No, I think you know, um, especially last year, and you could see. From times to times too, like he's he has that that gift, right? He, he's uh, he has a lot of talent, uh, a lot of skill, and and um, you know just a few guys in the league has that, and and uh, you know he's he was great, uh, you know uh, had a lot of tappings uh, from him, and and uh, like I said, he made a game pretty easy for for myself, and and uh, you know uh, he was great for us, and and obviously he's, he. He had uh, a lot of good years here, so he he was good. And because you know him as well as you do, how do you shut him down? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It's uh, if he's uh, he's tough. Honestly, it's uh, he's fast and he's uh, you know he's uh, he's hard to 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 catch and so um, and he's fast. So it's uh, just gotta you know make sure you stay above him and don't give him you know room out there and. and you know, if he gets some space out there, he's gonna make plays and and make you look uh, stupid out there. So uh, you gotta uh, you gotta stay close. So what are the things that you want to build on from Saturday's win over Tampa? No, it's it was a good game. Um, obviously, we've been looking for a game like that where we you know play a real good team and, and have a good effort and and um, obviously I liked our start. Um, you know, had a good first period and then we just kept going from there. Even though we were down two one, we're we stayed calm, stayed calm, and, and uh, you know, finally got the results. So it's uh, it's a lot of things to to build off. You guys have dropped points to Chicago and Columbus, obviously teams that are pretty low in the standings right now. What do you guys have to do against these sort of lower lower teams right now to actually make sure you just play your game the right way and end up the win? Yeah, like you said, we're uh, um, you know we we got to win these games, and and uh, obviously they they beat us. So now it's time for us to to. Take a couple points back, and, and um, like I said, it's uh, uh, we had a good game last game, and that's behind us now. But uh, obviously, we want to keep building from that and and come out with a good start and and uh, play, you know, the same way. There you go, Flame Center Elias Lindholm speaking to the media 
Obviously, ahead of his former teammate and line mate's return, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, like Elias said, there you got to be careful. They know how Johnny can make guys look silly, and uh, you know, entering the zone, such a strength of his. You're going to have to be, you know, play attached to him. That's going to be an important factor tonight. This Columbus Blue Jackets team, obviously, struggling in the standings and not where they want to be. Last place in the NHL, they have some offensive weapons to watch out for. And when you've got guys like Johnny playing with Line A and Jenner, still a chance for them to create some good offense. So uh, tackling number 13 on a defensive side of things is going to be important for the Flames tonight. One more player to hear from. That's Michael Backlund, the longest tenured Flame. Uh, he's been around for plenty of these returns over the years, uh, including a couple this year. Uh, his thoughts on Michael Backlund's return and what his team needs to do tonight that they uh, continue to do well from Saturday's game. Uh, into tonight's game against Columbus. Here is uh, Michael Backlund earlier today from the Scotiabank Sound Room. Michael, uh, what are you expecting from, you, you know the fans in Calgary here, what are you expecting from them uh, tonight when, when Johnny touches the puck? I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, you know, I've heard that people expect a lot of booze, and um, uh, yeah, I can see that happening, um, how things ended. Um, but I think... Hopefully, when the video chip is out there on the on the screen, hopefully people share him on. He, you know, he was a really good player, and very important player for us for a long time, and did a lot of good things for us. So, uh, hope people share him as well. I was reading NHL.com. You said, I think, to Aaron that you know you weren't sure throughout last season if he was going to stay or not. Is that is that right? Yeah, no. I mean, this whole time he's been here, he's always said he wanted to play in us at some point and um you know you gotta respect that so going into free agency this summer uh during last year he gave me some more it sounded like he was more positive staying and wanted to maybe resign and but at the same time he always knew that he wanted to go back to us and uh play there one uh, at some point so uh when he made the decision i wasn't overly surprised so did it feel at the end of the playoffs last year like hey this did it feel like an end of an era with with, with those guys uh, no, I don't think so at the time. I didn't think about it uh, at the time because uh, I was still hopeful and we had such a good regular season, um, you know, uh, good first round, not as good second round, but it was, you know, really fun to play off experience and playing the Alberta, you know, it was hoping um, that he wanted to play that again and be part of it. So, um, so I, no, not right, right off the hop. I didn't think of that. You saw his entire run here. What's his legacy in Calgary? Oh, I think he's one of the best, most skilled player this organization have had. Um, I think he was a really fun player to play with, to watch, watch play. Um, fun character, uh, great guy. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, what he did on the ice on a nightly basis uh, was high-end skill, and um, he was a high offensive player, drove that offense for us for such a long time. You know him well, on and off the ice. You mentioned how fun it was to play with him. How much fun is it going to be to shut him down? And what does that take to, to keep him off the score sheet and kind of deny him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you got to give him no room because if he gets some room out there, he can make um, some big things happening out of nothing. So that's one of the strengths this whole time here too. You know, uh, it could be really bad one game, and all he needed was a little room to create this one thing, and it could be an amazing play. And then all of a sudden, he scores. He sets someone up and turns the game around. So. Uh, we definitely got to keep the pressure on him all night and stay on him. When you look at the schedule this week, it's Columbus and, and Chicago next. And they're teams that, based on the standings, you'd assume, hey, you guys should should be able to beat. But 
you've dropped points against both of them this season. What what has to happen to sort of you know really clamp down and, and, and beat those those teams that you should be? Well, I have to play better against both of them. Um, we have to learn a lesson uh, and uh, be a lot better in both games and really f- focus on each game here. The three big games for us this week, we can put ourselves in a better spot going into the break. Um, and um, yeah, we can do everything we can. We we know it to be a lot better um, than we were against both Columbus and Chicago. Uh, so we got to come out with a really good effort, um, play a really solid team game. What's, uh, what can you take from the Tampa Bay victory that you hope to replicate uh, tonight, Michael? I thought it was a good 60-minute uh, game, one of our better games this year. I thought everyone played well. Every line pair chipped in and played well. Uh, I thought it was just an t- overall solid team effort. Uh, and uh, against a really good team, top team in the league. So, um, you know, that's uh, the standards expectation we have on each other, and that's what we got to keep doing. There you go, Flames forward Michael Backlund speaking to the media following morning skate today. They go up against the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. 7.30 puck drop from the Scotiabank Saddledome. Our Flames coverage starts at 6.30. Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius will have Flames warm-up for you. Pat's got Flames talk this afternoon at 4 o'clock, and he all set for the Flames and the Blue Jackets. This is game three of four on the homestand for the Calgary Flames. They finish out ahead of their all-star break on Friday with the game in Seattle. They had a good win on Saturday. They need to continue it into tonight's game. Two lesser opponents in the standings coming in, in Columbus and then Chicago on Thursday. Going to be crucial for the Flames to pick up points tonight. Same lineup that went up against Tampa Bay on Saturday. It means game two in the NHL career of Jacob Pelche. Dan Vladar, your projected starter for the Calgary Flames. Thank you to our guests today, Peter Labardius and Jody Shelley, uh, former NHL or former Columbus Blue Jacket, uh, who now covers the team on a regular basis. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, etc., or head to the website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Uh, thank you to our outstanding production team, Cam and Taylor, in the other room. Always appreciate their hard work. Uh, coming up next, you've got the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Steinberg's got Flames talk at four. All things Flames and Blue Jackets on Johnny Gaudreau's return to Calgary right here on your home of the Calgary Flames. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan.